cliffcentral.com Womantla on cliffcentral.com Mandla time. It's five past ten. Yeah, five past ten. It's Wednesday. And like we do every Wednesday, we're bringing it out for real. So I'm starting with that song, which is one of my old school, new school favorite hip-hop because I'm old enough to remember when gangster rap was all about the boys and when Eve came out to this song and she was like, I'm going to blow your mind and she changed the game completely. It is definitely the way I want to start today's show because, you know, we all know Soul City. We've known about Soul City. Like, I feel like I grew up with Soul City and when I heard that Soul City is changing, at first I was a little bit like, how? How dare they? How dare they? Because I felt like I owned it. I was like, you know, we want to see Usista and the community and the life that they're living. Because Soul City is part of the life that we are living out in the hood. And then I heard that they were actually changing to become a first of its kind, women-focused NGO in South Africa. Then I was like, Okay, I can deal with that. And Oslebu is yes, the CEO and she's in the studio and she's here to blow our mind. <laughs> Oslebu, I'm excited about it because I feel like guys get a lion's share of the voice around everything. You know, they, they had, when, when that thing that Brothers for Life came out, I was actually quite like upset. Because I thought, how dare they? Like the NGO space and like issues, are women issues. And then they're having conversations about like abuse and men. And I'm like, how dare they? The whole world is always focused around men and focused around what men need and what men think and what men want. And, you know, and, and we don't get that kind of women issues get lumped into every other issue. So I was excited when I heard that Soul City is becoming woman-focused. But you've got to tell me what that means. What does that really actually mean? Wow, thank you so much for having me. I mean, let's unpack what you said a little bit before I tell you what it means. I think there is space and it's vital um, to, to, to have organizations like Brothers for Life. Because for me, what they do is that they recognize, and rightly so, that patriarchy affects men and women negatively um, the same. You know, I don't think that the representation of being a man in society serves all men. And I don't think that there has been, um, there is in the world one way of being a man. And when you look at patriarchy, it says, this is how you must be as a man. You must be a provider. You must not cry. You must be macho. You must be all of these things that are actually hurtful towards men. So you do need men who come together as men and basically deal with what it means for them to be brought up in a way that patriarchy tells us what it is to be a man. But you also need them to say what are other healthy masculinities that men can assume. However, the point that you are making is is very crucial. And and I see the two views as two sides of the of the same of the same coin. The issues of non-sexism in our society, which is one thing when I grew up in the 80s, we were fighting for a non-racist, non-sexist South Africa. 
the issue of non-sexism in society always takes a backseat. It's interesting that right now the world is galvanized around fees must fall, whether you support it or you don't support it. But when you speak to activists in fees must fall, the students, you see the patriarchal dynamics in there about the young women and their role and what their role was in the forefront last year and how it has permeated and, and how it has become different. So, it's 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 almost like you know whatever it is that we are confronted with in society the issue as they particularly affect young women and women in society we need to be playing a, a, a specific attention to you say that i was gutted when i saw the article in one of last week's papers i think about and i think it's in the weekly i think it was in the mail and guardian mm. about um Asseling the girl from Vitz. Yes. And then how they, they continue to talk about how Vitz led the, in the forefront of the fees must fall and when they went to Lutuli house and how even though she was upfront and leading this, these young people when they were at Lutuli house, how the guys are the only ones that could get the whole crowd worked up yeah. and how she struggled. I was gutted because yeah. I just thought, oh, this is so wrong. And, and also that just the idea of how when, when media bought into who she is and when she yeah. got profiled and when she was put out there as a leader in this organization, in this mass movement of young people, how she suddenly got sidelined. Absolutely. By the young people themselves. Absolutely. And All of so a sudden, excited. the discussion became, oh, no, this is she's not a, a struggle girl. about she's an a... individual. She's becoming too powerful. But nobody says that about Comrade B. No, nobody says that about any other male. And both males and females, we applaud the men who are coming up and we have no problem with them coming up. We have no problem with them being ambitious. We've got no problem with them being violent. We've got no problem with them being, you know, rah, rah. But uh, dare and be that as a woman. Um, you know, society has this preconceived ideas of what it is to be a woman. Um, I, I, I share the story too often where I say to them, you know, for me, um, while I had a supportive family, uh, the minute I stepped outside into the world, the one thing that I know I was told was you talk too much. <laughs> It was never an issue of saying, wow, you are eloquent, you are confident. It was never that which I I have, which is a strong point, was never used as an affirmation. Society was constantly saying to me, just tone it down. Just, just tone it down. And the tone it down was not tone it down because it's not kosher. It was tone it down because women don't are not as vocal as, 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 as you, you know? And, and you, you see how you even self-stigmatize yourself. But the most important thing that Soul, why Soul City is doing this work is that across all indicators, and I'm very, uh, uh, um, Happy that in the sustainable development goals, the SDGs of, of, of uh, SDGs 2030 is that we are having a goal of eradicating gender inequality because globally across many 
indicators. Women bear the brunt for a whole lot of health and development issues. I mean, we need to ask ourselves, what has happened in our society that young women and girls between the ages of 15 and 24 are four times more likely to get HIV than males of that age group? We need four times, four times more, more likely than, 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 than males of, 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 of that, um, of, of that, um, age group. We need to look at gender-based violence in this country. And we need to look at, um, even, you know, what now has a, a name, which is rape culture and the many experiences that are not an exception, but sadly that are the norm around the experiences of young women. And, and, and how they are not believed and how they are secondarily being victimized when they want to, um, uh, 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 report a rape. Um, very recently, we, you know, we had a workshop at Soul City, uh, trying to look at new ways with other partners we can address gender-based violence. And, um, you know, our, our attitude to the LGBTI community, people whose sexual orientation does not go according to what is perceived in society as normal. And one story stood out for me where, uh, uh, um, one, one, one woman was talking about how, um, you know, um, even in gay relationships, uh, violence against women happen. But this experience stood out for me where a woman had abused her partner. And, um, when she, they reported and the police men picked up the woman who had clearly done something wrong by abusing her partner. The way she was kicked and put into the cell, the man was trying to say, I'm going to teach you that you are not a man. You can't hit a woman. You are not a man. You know, and for me, it was like, oh, my God, it was just like, oh, so where do we start? You know, when even in execution of 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 justice, where a policeman is doing the right thing, but when they are picking up a woman who has beaten up another woman, by simply because that woman identifies as lesbian, the attitude is, let me teach you, you know, so, where do you come from? Sure. This thing of beating up women is a man preserve. Where do you come from? Mm -hmm. Beating another woman. I'm going to show you, you are not a man, you know, and, and you just get gobsmacked and you then realize just how much work we need to do to challenge the social norms that exist about masculinity and femininity, gender and sexuality. So, like I say, I mean, Soul City lives in our homes, in our heads, in our hearts as an organization that that has been able to properly address some things that are that are hard to talk about in in ways that that haven't been a condescending to people and that have really been able to to start the conversations even in our homes in in a very what's the word but in a, in a in a way that's that's kind of become acceptable where then do you start when you change from just being an organization that's about everybody the whole of society and the well-being of society to being about a specific group of society. And as you say, the work is so humongous that has to be done. Where are you guys starting? 
So let me answer your question in a roundabout way. So when you've been successful, and, and I'm sure uh, commercial companies know this, when you've been successful for 20 years or more than 20 years in our case, one of the things that you can do is you can rest in your laurels and say, oh, people know Soul City, they love Soul City, they'll always be there when we are there. And you start buying your own PR, you know, you start saying, I'm still yes, relevant. Um, yeah, we are Sfonel, <laughs> yes. And and we got to a point at Soul City where we said, okay, are we relevant? Uh, do we still serve a need? Are we are we necessary in a society in in, in our society? And we 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 started that process uh, by going external and asking various players about what has changed in the landscape of health and development. What has changed in the landscape of South Africa? What has changed in the landscape? And what could an organization like Soul City do? What role could it play? And some of the things we heard were very positive and affirming uh, and were very ego-rubbing about the relevance of our brand, the things that you are saying right now. But some of the things were about, oh, do they still exist? Oh, that that HIV organization. Oh, oh all right. Oh, that TV series. Oh, you know, and and it's that part that said, okay, so if we want for people to still talk about Soul City in in the next twenty years, what legacy do we wanna do we wanna focus on? And we focused on three things. We need to refocus. We need to be very sharp about who we wanna be, and we don't think that. Um, you can be all things to all people. You need to offer something that is niche, something that is focused, something that if, you know, the, the normal uh, uh, training that you get where they say if somebody was important, was in an elevator for you, what would be your elevator pitch? You know, you can say, okay, I sell potatoes, tomatoes, bread, shoes, clothes. What do you want? You need to say this is what we want to achieve. And achieving social justice for young women and girls became after a rigorous, and this process took us three years, by the way, research process to say, we want social justice for young women and girls. Because if you've got social justice for young women and girls, this is what you would be. These are the benefits. And we are not far flung from a whole lot. The SDGs say the same thing. Um, in Women Deliver is an international conference, took place in Denmark. A whole lot of leaders were saying the same thing. Our government around focusing on young women and girls, particularly around HIV, are saying the same thing. And you see, you know, the issue of gender and women and feminism has even become forefront of the American uh, election. So from a global perspective and a local it perspective, is, it has become it the undoing has of be- Donald Trump. Well, yeah, but <laughs> interestingly has put a lot of issues on, on, on the table. Uh, so you start by identifying where do you want to go. And then for us, fortunately, in the past two years, we have implemented RISE, Young Women and Girls, as part of a, a bigger government response to the issues facing young women and girls and HIV prevention in particular. And even in that work, you know, for us, the issue is defining health, not only as the absence of illness, but as all the social, economic, political uh, uh, issues that affect well-being, you know, so you, you can know as much as possible about your rights. But if you are living in a society where you can be undressed and beaten up for wearing a miniskirt, what do what does that knowledge mean to you? You know, so it's it's then uh, uh, defining. We we will continue using uh, social mobilization, advocacy, and media 
Um, but as you know, even in the media space, I mean, right now we are talking before we spoke, we were tweeting, uh, your radio station is not on the, on the, on the normal, for lack of a better word or usual platforms that we are. So even when you look at, we will continue to use media, you need to be saying, where is media going right now? We are having very interesting things that, uh, people who consume media are increasingly creating the media themselves. So what does that space mean for Soul City? So does it mean we will have the drama as we had it before? We don't know. Does it mean we will uh, look at other formats? You do know that last year we piloted, or was it this year? Time flies. We piloted a, a, a dedicated health and, and, and lifestyle channel, you know, because with the hope that when DTT comes um, a, 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 a big is given a green light, we will be able to, you know, have so many spaces where we could create a, a, a new media. How do young women and girls, um, um, as storytellers, telling their own story, begin to drive the storytelling, begin to drive the narrative of their own lives? We are beginning to explore with that. Around advocacy right now, we are looking at gender-based violence. And, and I think you don't just announce that I'm going to deal with young women and girls. You also then self-interrogate to say, okay, so what are some of the things that as Soul City we have not done? Have we always been heteronormative? You know, have we always just assumed that everybody heteronormative. is... Heteronormative. Yeah. What, what, what is that <laughs> word? What, 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 well, I mean... No, okay, great. <laughs> you yeah. your tea. N- now you know that, that is, I am the ah, CEO at Soul City. Ah, 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 <laughs> I know ah, a few words. <laughs> What it means is that, you know, sometimes even with the best intentions, the work that you do maybe keeps out other people because you subscribe to the fact that, and I'll give another example to illustrate the point. When you work with families, you present them as a father, mother, a, 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 a children. children. You even leave out Gogo, you know, <laughs> but have we worked in a space where we have not addressed issues that face uh, uh, LGBTI communities, you know, and what does it mean? Is that a space we want to enter into? And all of these things you don't do alone. You 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 started your issue about talking to men. Uh, one of the questions you get asked is, okay, so what about your 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 question, your your issue with with men? And and for us, um, there's there's two ways to answer that. One is to say, um, if there are organizations whose mandate and mission is to work with men and they are good at doing that, we support that. And if in our work there is a need to collaborate with them, we will do that. But even in our own work at Soul City, we are saying we want social justice for young women and girls in the communities they live in. So if part of supporting young women and girls to achieve social justice in Manziville, where I come from, is to address a particular issue with men, we will do that. But our goal will not be saying we are providing a service for men. It will be saying we are engaging and working with men in order to create or achieve social justice for for young women and girls. So I think for me, it's exciting. It's exciting for me because it's a new beginning. It's exciting because it is harnessing a very well-known, both locally and internationally, well-known brand. And it will, you know, 
uh, it will keep to its recipe of listening to people. It will keep its recipe of being research and evidence based. It will keep its recipe of working mainly with marginalized communities. It will keep its recipe of being inclusive um, and seeking win-win partnerships wherever we work. It will keep its uh, 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 identity as a, a brand that is well well loved. It will keep its identity as a brand that that questions, but also not only questions to make noise in society, but also says these are some of the solutions. So when I look at what Rise Young Women clubs are doing, which is part of the work that we do in society, I'm very excited because uh, while we can all agree on what some of the challenges are and we can make noise, which we rightfully have to make um, we also are running projects that are offering solutions. So very recently, as recent as yesterday, one of our managers in the, uh, from the Eastern Cape was basically sharing a story where a, a club managed to get somebody who had been wanted for rape of many young girls, managed to get that person arrested. The person disappeared once a charge had been laid and the police could not find um, uh, uh, that person and uh, two young women and I think one of them had been uh, uh, also uh, sexually assaulted by this guy saw him somewhere in a public place one stayed around just to mark that person's movements and another one went to fetch the police so wow. that they could basically come in and arrest them so you are seeing that we are modeling uh, that kind of collective action and creating a space um, which we call communities of practice. So young women are not just saying, oh, our problem is this, our problem is that, but they are in a club movement that enables them to do things where we could look at it as an example of many ways in which we can support women to work collectively and and bring their voice onto the table. So Oslebu, and... On the number of occasions that I have had a conversation with you, you were here last year when you launched Rise Women's Club. Mm. It is, and I remember, I remember, I think I remember first seeing you on Felicia. <laughs> yeah, you outer now. Yes. Oh, my sister did that very recently on SABC Co. saying, oh, look at you. You look like you're going to hit Felicia. You are so street. No, I, I remember this. I remember. And you must know, at the time, there was, it, it was, we were all so new. You know, yeah. this whole country was new. Uh, everything, everything was new. Issues on the table, talking. People, you know, people, seeing people on TV that are like us, yeah. that, that are not over-dramatized or over-animated was also also new. And I, I remember seeing you and thinking, oh, but this woman's got fire, <laughs> right? On the Sowetan, everything I've ever known or seen or heard you say has always been very passionate, very vocal, very much advocating for a better society. And, and I, w- I want to know more about how how does a how does a young lady from Mansville <laughs> get that right? How yeah. does a young lady from Mansville get that right? But also, how how much of who you are plays a role in how we see Soul City and how Soul City has been shaping itself? But uh, let's take a break. 
at Sibanye. We believe leaders are made, not born. We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. We are proud of our partnership with the Leadership Platform and will continue to support leaders who are committed to growing our country. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyagold.co.za. So I recently rediscovered this album and I actually, when it came out back then, I used to love this album, but this song in particular, you know, and the, the idea of it is so powerful. Besides the fact that it just says, listen, I'm going to take this on. But I think one of the most powerful lines in this whole song for me is, is where he says, I almost listened to him when he said, I don't have the strength, mm. which again, you know, I try and play these songs that like talk to my, talk to me and how, and my psyche when I come into the studio and, and, and how I feel about the conversation that we're having. And Oslebu, before we went on the break, uh, we're talking about Soul City changing its colors. We're talking about Soul City becoming more woman focused and more proudly and loudly so. Because I think Soul City is one of those organizations that for me over the past 20 years has been able to always have even the TV show, which is the thing that a lot of people think about when they hear Soul City, even the TV show, is it always had strong women. It always had strong women characters. It always had, because that's, that's the society we live in. I suppose it's, that's the society, you know, the nurses in our society, our mothers, our gogos, our, those are the people that take on the difficult tasks, even though they don't get the praise mm. for it. But I think, uh, Oslebu, we were talking earlier, reminiscing about, um, where, where you've been, where you've been, <laughs> girl. And I'm so irritated because I, I always do this like backstory research. What, what? <laughs> you are ridiculous because you are such an enigma. You are such an enigma. We know you're from Mansiville. Yeah. We, we know about, we, we know about living with alopecia since you were 18. Mm-hmm. We know about some of that. Mm. But we don't know, know about you. And I want to know what it is about you, Lebuchang Ramafoka, that made you be the way you are mm. about health, about women's issues, and not be scared, even as they were saying, hey, man, we are papa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a number of factors. I mean, I've got, I've got the personality of my mother. Uh, through and through she was very larger than life and married an amazing man i was i was daddy's girl and and i think for me it breaks my heart because it's also an experience in my house in my own life when men are not there for their children particularly girl children because there is something magical about a man who is affirming to a young girl a man who is there 
for a young girl and and my father was 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 that for me so he was a much more gentler soul gentler spirit so this very brash larger you know you know too much as they say personalities clearly from my mother but the nurturing i got from my dad and 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 and, and thank god for for coming for growing up in a home like that you know in a home where um even when you you go into society and it's like this is how women behave and this is how men behave you get a bit lost because that's not the kind of home you 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 grew up in you grew up with a father that was nurturing and affirming for you but i do believe in it 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 takes a village to 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 raise a child so um being born uh, in the very very early 70s 71 to be more precise and growing up in 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 a space where you are in a township um you know there are elders and you look up to them and they take that role very seriously you know of of guiding of disciplining you you, you know you gives you a sense of some values that you 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 espouse to my aunt was an, an amazing teacher and 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 really loving education and loving books um was what she instilled in me but but i think other things that i learned from were from my own mistakes um you know i i fell pregnant when i was 20 um and completely unprepared and unsure and very scared you know, as, 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 as a young woman. And, and I think the only thing that perhaps was born out of naivety, but became a, my strength was the fact that I was never ashamed to talk about the things that I struggle with. And, and I've struggled with many things. So what made me is the many failures that I have had, um, in my life, um, and 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 that is one experience of being a young woman who you know um felt quite self stigmatized about being pregnant at 20 and up to this day uh 24 years later i don't think that the father and the many other fathers who just can have a child and say mm, I, i'm not feeling that i'm not feeling fatherhood how they can just walk away and society is fine with that you know so my pain and my struggles became my fuel, you know, in terms of, oh, hang on, but that's not right. It's Nonsense. not right. It's, it's not right. You know, I, I know it's not right in my life. I know what that pain feels like. But God, are you trying to tell me that it's not only me? I thought it was only me because I'm bad. I thought it was only me because I was stupid. But are you really telling me that in this society, men can have seven firstborns? And leave them and on the eighth, because they've married that woman, they acknowledge those children. Are you telling me that this is what is happening? So everything that I have done has been something that for me, the personal is political. You know, it's been what has really driven me, um, and, 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 and really bringing up uh, children as a single parent has really also opened my eyes about what that means. Uh, and bringing up a daughter first uh, opened my eyes about, okay, so how are you going to bring her up differently? What are the things that you are going to tell her? You know, what are the, st and, and for me, the struggles that I'm very attuned and maybe too much so to my own struggles in life as a woman, as a black woman, as a black 
black uh, women who aspire to feminism. And the 80s, when I say it takes a village to raise a child, were a very were a very, very important time. And I think the era we are entering into right now, it's almost similar. You know, you could go into a township and buy a magazine called Agenda, which was a magazine that was written about gender and feminism. And I remember it used to cost 10 rents, done very simply in black and white. But you could read things where I was just like, oh, so there's even a, a word for this. It's called feminism. There's even, there's a word called gender. There, there, are, there are words for the things that I'm battling with in Manzeville, very insignificant young woman, the awaits, and you read. And I think what the young people around Feast Must Fall, regardless of what you think about it, have done is to reawaken the thing. That right now we can have conversations about decolonized education. What is decolonized education? You know, and and a lot of people, I think for me, the benefit of this period of uncertainty is that we are getting into discourse things that we need to be talking about, you know, about. And the more you learn and the more you have a love for knowledge is the more you realize, oh, my goodness, this world, I probably know 5% of what I need to know right now. And, and I'm going to make it my business to increase it to 5.5%. And and as you even talk about making it your business to increase, mm. you started out at Soul City as an executive. You started out at Soul City. When you arrived at Soul City, you didn't arrive from the top oh, no. as a CEO. Oh, no. You clawed your way up yeah. and, and created your own space and relevance. And what I see now is is an organization very much attuned to its leader. Mm-hmm. So the way that Soul City Institute and, and the, the issues at the table and who you are, you're very aligned to each other. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I hadn't you looked, a big personality. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but 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 that's a that's a that's a great compliment. I mean I, before I joined Soul City, I had watched it on television the first day it came out. And the reason why I watched it is that Connie Masilo was on, on the front page of the Sowetan and it said star studded cast on the first health show or whatever it was. It did say star studded, at least that part I remember. <laughs> and I went because for me, it was just like, you know, this marries my, my love for, for drama, for creativity, but also for education. And the organization has been my home for a very long time and in a very special home because I think the organization has many, many, many more, you know, experts and men and women. And as you said, mainly women who really are married to the idea of creating a a measurable improvement in the lives of the people of Southern Africa. And I speak about this because I think it, it, it's a, it's two sides of the same coin. Um, it's also being in an environment that is enabling for people like myself to thrive. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that, and, and I'm not, and I'm not even suggesting that sometimes people at Soul City were not scared by me, you know, <laughs> and just my craziness because I do bring a brand of cray cray that, that is out there. And I'm sure they are still worried to be saying, Oh my goodness, this cray cray one. But my cray cray got a, got a, got a space, you know, to, to be and to, to manifest. Thrive. To thrive. And, 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 and I wish many workplaces and, and many homes and many spaces 
could then say, how do we embrace even the voices that are not um, mainstream, um, that are the way that they are? And, 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 you know, as I went up the organization, I think there are basic things that you need to do to prove yourself. I think you need to have core competences and core skills to do your job. You cannot just be all word and no action. And I think, I want to credit myself for bringing that. I want to credit myself for saying I was good at what I did. And I think why I say that is that uh, often, and, and I don't mean it in a condescending way, you, you do find young people who are promising, who are bright, but sometimes just at the grind and doing the things that are not being on Cliff Central or on other things they may lag behind. So... And not even recognize that, okay, let me up my game in this, in this matter. So I think it is a bit easier for a, 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 a an environment to be enabling if even with the other less glamorous stuff, you also do your work where people know that there is something that you bring on the table, you know, and, but also having said that, I think it's not yet Uhuru. It's not yet Uhuru for black people and particularly black women. You Why do, not? Because I think the world, let alone anything, is still stacked in a particular way. You know, so I'm very cognizant when I go and I travel internationally or even not and I represent Soul City that, yeah, what people see is a black woman. And, and, and there is something called unconscious bias where your mind already, when you see a person dressed in plastic in the side of the road looking in a dustbin, you know, your mind already categorizes that person. Homeless, probably smells, probably I don't want to be associated mm. with that person. So we do that, all of us, on a daily basis. Mm. You know, we do that in saying, okay, so what does my brain select when I see a particular person? And, 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 and with with the kind of gender stereotyping that is there, you do know that, you know, a black woman, it, 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 there is something that you mean. And, and therefore, for me, I, I always am in that space that says, girl, you've got to represent. You know, you, the you say that are, I was watching on TV, um, this past weekend, there's, a, I discovered this show called Queen Sugar. It's by mm. Ava DuVernay. And look, I mean, the black girls are, are making inroads in Hollywood and it's a really amazing show uh, with a great cast. But the person I was watching with then said to me, why is it when you see black women on TV, they're always scowling? Black women are always so tough <laughs> mm. and unhappy. Mm. And I was saying to him that actually it's because this is the way the world sees black women. Mm. as yeah. like this tough yeah. Bearing it all hardcore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and when you say that, just in, in terms of the un, unspoken, you know, and unconscious biases. Yeah. That, how do you, in then your everyday world, deal with it? Because in the NGO space, one, one of the things that is my unconscious bias is I'm clear. White women, that's where they are. White women are all running some do good system organization, food cards. Oh, but you are ugly. <laughs> How, but uh, come on. Yeah. You're in this world. Yeah. Tell me that this world is not 80%. 
<laughs> I, I've not counted. I've not counted. And <laughs> close your eyes for a second uh, and just think about it. When you go to conferences, when you when you are in in boardrooms, when that that space mm. is owned by a particular type of person, mm. and that particular type of person is not your type of person, so yeah. how have you how have you then broken through and found your own voice and own space in a world like that? You know, I think for me, there's two things. I think I think you you. You conform, but once you realize, once you ask yourself, whose side am I on? Am I on my side or, or, or am I on the side of the world that wants to define me? You then say, I'm going to bring my own authenticity. And um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Very recently, last last year, I went and I presented at a a a European Broadcasters Conference um, in, in, in Amsterdam. And, um, you know, the day before there were rehearsals and I walked into like a huge hall um, and I love things that are produced and that are made well, you know. Um, and for me, events, including weddings, are productions. You must know minute by minute what is going to happen or at least have a sense of what is the experience that I want people to have. So it was an amazing venue. It was an amazing place. The technology was amazing. And I walked into this room and, you know, they had a a, a screen that looked like two movie theater screens put together. And, and in the middle of it, as I walked in, there was my name, you know, and... Whoa, <laughs> you know, you just stand there and you say, hmm. I've arrived. <laughs> well, that wasn't my first reaction. That reaction of I've arrived happened much later. But it was just like, who? Mm, it's going to go down. Like I just this. hope I've got enough to feel that. And we did voice check and stuff like that. And... um we did the kind of rehearsal and, um, you know, the following day this event started. There were, it was an ama- amazing event with so many other people. And I remember walking on stage and feeling, you're going to do it your way. <laughs> you're going to do it your way, you know. And I'm glad I did. I stood there and I just did it my way. And... It's, it's, it's almost cliche, but when you understand that on that platform, one, you are carrying the dreams of so many people. And secondly, the world is watching you for so many different reasons. You, you have no choice but to up your game, you know? So I stood on that stage and I did my thing and I knew that what I did was real to me and I knew that what I did I had prepared for and I knew that I was coming across and, 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 and really communicating it from the depth of my soul. It, it just wasn't slides that I was presenting. A- and that feedback was just amazing. You know, that feedback was amazing and it was amazing because I think, um, 
you know, it was a, it was a good presentation because, quite honestly, the work that Soul City does speaks for itself, and you you really do know that you are going there representing a good brand. And, and good work that people really love hearing about. But I had so many uh, uh, black Dutch women coming to me and say, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, we felt so proud because we are battling with these issues in our communities, in our workplaces. And... And we are in a, in a world, in, a, in, you know, in Amsterdam that is, that is very, very diverse and that is very open and, 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 and really open about a whole lot of things. But we have seen how the more right wing, you know, the politics have become, how our spaces have shrunk. And, um, you know, it wasn't one of us who's already known, you know, to be, oh, that one represents that politics. Mm-hmm. It was a black woman from Africa, you know, <laughs> who was standing there and just slaying it, you know, and, and you sort of, I think that was, gives you a conscience that, oh, and, and it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a curse in a sense that you feel really, even it's here, heavy, even today, yeah. even now, but then it's also a fuel that says, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go and represent. Let's go. And that is why for me, and it was probably because of my relationship that I have with my father. Um, you know, my father owned a taxi, one taxi. He was, he loved the taxi industry, you know, and I agree we call taxi owners, taxi drivers, Bomakeza. You know, and, and I would arrive anywhere in the world, London, whatever, and I'd call my dad and he speaks like me on the phone. He speaks as if he's in the middle of Orlando Stadium with no microphone and everybody <laughs> must hear him. So he's, you know, and you would hear him each time. Why? London! She's in London. You know, like... And it was just like, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, that's why I identify myself as the girl from Manzifield, you know, and I was just like, yeah, that for me is what it means. It means you can come from Manzifield and be in Amsterdam and stuff. And, and he brought it home so much for me, my father with, oh my God, my daughter is doing it, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to be at the taxi rank in Manzifield, you know, um, and I'm sure if he was alive now, even today he'd be listening and everybody else would listen, you know, because her daughter is at Cliff Central, you know, like people would have gotten an, an education about Cliff Central and they would have listened by Jures, whether they like it or not. And that, that is amazing. Yeah, that kind of support and pride from where you come from, but also how you see what you do. As small as it is, really representing something for other people is really is what fuels you. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I can see it. I can hear it. And, and it is what we remember mm. about who you are. But as of today, I'm going to be remembering that hair. Mm. Also, I'm going to be walking around like, I need, I need the number. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your passion. Mm. Thank you for sharing your experience. And thank you for sharing your, your yes. Mm-hmm. That's the one way. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, 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 that's the,
black woman <laughs> that learns Afrikaans to pass every standard. But thank you for sharing the hears. And 30 seconds before we say goodbye. Soul City, 20 years from today. Are you still there? No. No? There is a brilliant young woman or young man out there who should even take it further. There will be a time. It's not yet the time where I will have to bow and salute and hand over. Well, what you have built is amazing. It's formidable. And I love the new direction. I am proudly and loudly, proudly and loudly a feminist. That's why you're here on Womantla, Oslebo, at Zanga Zulukal. And then when you find it, when you find it and follow her on Twitter, it says Guptaville. I'm not even going to start that <laughs> no, conversation. Please don't. I'm not even going to start that conversation. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for having so much passion and so much fire. Yeah. And good luck. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you have a TV series that is like, um, and, and, and no pressure, Mara Kikupa star studded four girls. Four girls. Lead. Yeah. We went four yeah. girls lead. Star mm-hmm. studded. Mm-hmm. All having, all having to wrestle with the life that we're wrestling with every day. But thank you very much for coming on. I'm Pume Mashekho and you've been tuned to Womanda. Cliffcentral.com.